Welcome to the Your Dream or Mind podcast, the place to be if you dream of living a life of fulfillment, freedom, flow, and most importantly, fun. I'm Laura Cruz, the Dream Transition Mentor, the creator of the unique six-step Dream Transition Method, which will take you from idle daydream to transitioning into your wildly successful freedom-based business. Listen to inspirational stories from women who have been brave enough to take the leap from corporate and now live the life they've always dreamed of. Women like you and me. They did it, I did it, and you can too. Grab a cuppa, find a cosy spot, then sit back and enjoy the episode. My guest today is Vicky Angel, who I met at a local networking group. Thank you, Chloe, for uh, putting us in touch with each other. Um, Vicky set up Love and Loved Bridal Boutique in, in May. Well, she actually opened it in May this year. Um, and Love and Loved Bridal Boutique is for the relaxed and modern bridal, relaxed and modern bride, should I say, um, who's eco-conscious but relaxed. And what I loved about it when I was looking at the website it's there's jumpsuits. Um, so welcome to the podcast, Vicky. Thank you. Thanks for having me. So it's really nice to have you on. And I know it was ages ago that we had a conversation about you coming on the podcast because um, uh, you were talking about your location. You're not high street located, are you? No, no. So I kind of um, describe it as we're a little bit off the beaten track, but still really, really accessible. So you kind of get like the best of both worlds. You kind of get to come away from kind of city town life into somewhere that feels really tranquil, really relaxing. You don't have to faff with multi-story parking and have you got the right change? Like you kind of just drive into, I'm in Swanbourne in Buckinghamshire, um, which is just a really lovely little village. And when you drive in, you kind of, you've got great places to eat um, and you just got lovely, lovely surroundings. So we're actually, the the barn itself where where I am is um, within a conservation area on the Swanbourne estate. So it's in a really lovely location, but still really accessible. So although it's kind of tucked away, um, it's really well located in terms of I come from Leighton Buzzard, it's 20 minutes, it's 20 minutes to Aylesbury, it's 20 minutes to Milton Keynes, it's 15 minutes to Buckingham. Um, And actually, I decided to offer any London brides who want to come and visit, I'll do kind of a complimentary pickup service from the train station because it is just really accessible. So, yeah, and again, kind of dropping down from the Midlands. So a little bit off the beaten track, but super, super accessible, which is kind of also how I describe my collections as well. But I don't know if you'll come to that. But um, yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. So yeah, not in a high street location, which was quite a deliberate decision when I kind of had the vision for what I wanted to create. Because for me, it was about creating a space that really felt kind of differentiated from that everyday kind of hustle and bustle. Um, Well, like I say, it's really easy. You drive up, you park, and then you just have a really great experience. Um, So yeah, that was kind of the vision, but I guess I also knew I was going to have to work really hard to spread the word that I was here because I'm not, I'm not as visible as other businesses are that would be on a high street. But that sounds great, though, if you've got a big group of you, because that's always the nightmare, isn't it, when you go anywhere high street? I mean, I'm in Amptill, parking's a nightmare. So mm. if you um, have a big group of you that want to come and see the bride try on, then that's lovely, right? Because they've got the space and the 
Yeah, and and the barns are really well proportioned size as well. And I've deliberately kind of bought furniture that welcomes the bridal party. And it's a really interesting one. And I'm I'm conscious I'm still new to this. So I, I'm sure I will learn the nuances of bridal parties. But um lots of boutiques when I've kind of done my research kind of try and limit the amount of people that brides bring um and I think COVID probably started that but they've kind of maintained that because I think it's about brides bringing the right people that are going to be their best supporters um but but one of the other things that was quite deliberate about what I've done is I didn't want to have lots of rules in place kind of you yeah. can do this and you can't do that because the whole point is it's a really relaxed experience and it's tailored to the bride so everybody is welcome, but I do always say to brides, just bring the best people that are going to want the best for you. Um, but yeah, but deliberately there's a three-seater sofa, there's armchairs. So there's plenty of space for people to come and be supportive if that's what the bride chooses to do. Love it. So where did this idea come from then, Vicky? So you launched in May and obviously you were building up to that before. What 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 kind of prompted that idea? So I think it's always something that's sat in the back of my mind from right back to when I was kind of in the, I guess, more junior days of my career, um, where when when life felt really tough at work, I'd think, oh, do you know what? If I could just like own a bridal boutique, would it be so amazing? Um, and I guess it kind of grew. And then when I got married and had my own experiences, it kind of grew a little bit more in my mind in terms of what I would like to create and what I'd like to do for other people who were, you know, shopping bridal wear. And then it didn't really go much further, if I'm honest. And I never really kind of verbalized it to anybody in particular that it was something I'd really like to do. Why do you think um, that was? Uh, probably imposter syndrome is something yeah. that plagues me in terms of, you know, you don't want people to think oh, that's silly or you can't do that or... Yeah. You know, I don't want to be one of those people that have loads of good ideas, but never do anything, you know. So I think it's all of those kind of what will people think probably stopped me from kind of saying it out loud. And then so I worked for I'm guessing I'm allowed to say who I worked for. I worked for the John Lewis Partnership for 15 years um, and an opportunity to change came up um, kind of post COVID, post second mat leave. Um, and it was kind of like a, if I don't do it now, I probably won't do it. And that was when I kind of first verbalized it to my husband who was like okay kind of wasn't expecting to hear that but sure, of course you can do it um research it like look it up you know so um how lovely to have such a supportive husband yeah yeah no he has been he has been I think sometimes it kind of blows his mind a little bit and he probably thinks oh you're a bit of a crazy lady but I mean he's used to that so um yeah, very, very supportive. Um, so, you know, as are other sort of family members that kind of keep me going along the way, because it is, it's just me. I mean, there's a, there is an army of family members behind me kind of willing me on, but um, yeah, so it's, it can be quite overwhelming doing it on your own. So it is important to have that support network for sure. Yeah, yeah. So did you work, when you worked for John Lewis, did you work in the bridal department? No. So I actually worked within the buy-in. So I was a buyer for John Lewis, um, mainly within homewares and kind of seasonal assortments. Um, so I guess I, what I come with is lots of experience in business, in sourcing product, in kind of the creativity around product development, um, leadership skills in terms of managing teams and kind of that financial accountability of managing really kind of high value 
assortment. So, but but not specifically to bridal. But funnily enough, when I was getting married, I had a job interview for an assortment and they wanted to grow their wedding assortment. And I had to do a presentation to show how I would do that. So it was just something that I was always really interested in. I always felt like there was a much bigger opportunity to do so much more in that space, um, especially in terms of being creative and just giving brides something different from what they just always see. So I think that's, again, that's woven into my thought process around this business is trying to show brides that there are different choices that can be made if, if they want to make them around what they wear, how they feel on their day, what the expectations are versus what they do or don't have to do. Um, so yeah, I guess that kind of came from back in those days of feeling like there's, it's such a creative industry um, that could be more creative, I think. So what, what would you say then if somebody was listening to this and you were saying that you can give the bride a different experience, like what is it that's different about the boutique or about what you stock, which would show them that difference, if that makes sense? Yeah. So in terms of the boutique, like I say, it's, it's in a really lovely location. Um, and the way in which I've kind of styled it is to be quite contemporary. I've kind of used, kind of see behind me a little bit, um, some like bold colours within the boutique. And again, when I was kind of researching, there's, there's some really beautiful boutiques that are already around um, that either have a very kind of clean, quite white aesthetic or quite a girly kind of pink sparkle kind of aesthetic. And I just right. wanted to create something that was... Um, maybe a little bit more kind of grown up, but, but come back to that word relaxed. So I kind of wanted people to feel like they could come in and not worry about where they put their handbag down in case they got the couch dirty. Do you know right. what I mean? It needed to feel like this, but also, um, not, I guess, for people to kind of walk in and it feel really comfortable. Um, so again, that's kind of come across in the color choices I've made. Um, so I wanted to create something that felt really, really contemporary, but like I say, still luxurious and still really welcoming. Um, and I guess that's followed through into my collection. So when I found this space, um, you know, knowing that it was built on a conservation area, the barn was being completely re-renovated. So I believe it had cows in it not that long ago. So it's oh. been totally re-renovated. So it's got all very modern eco heating systems. There's solar panels on the farm next door that provide us with some of our energy. So it gave me a really good base to kind of go, right, sustainability is important to me and I can make that important within my business. I always set out thinking if I could work with British designers, why wouldn't I like let's support those British designers? Um, so that's kind of where I've ended up working with British kind of independent designers in the main who are designing and making in their studios here in the UK. So good from a sustainability footprint point of view, but also just supporting local economies and, you know, keeping those seamstress skills going that are often things that, you know, as we all grew up, I know I grew up, I'm probably not as good at that as my mum was. And, you know, it kind of just sort of you lose some of that stuff. So it's really nice, I think, to kind of keep that in the community. Um, I work with designers who have sourced vegan fabrics and all cruelty-free fabrics, and they're using um, 
you know, really great fabrics that are natural. And so that makes them better to wear. So it's not, so it's just kind of thinking all the time about kind of the impact we have, how it feels to wear these pieces as much as kind of the style. So I guess the mantra I kind of challenge myself on is when I introduce a new design or a new collection is it has to be more than just a pretty dress. So like, is there a story? And that story could just be that they're British based or, it, you know, it doesn't, I haven't sort of set some kind of clear rules around it has to be this, this or this, but it's just what, what is it that we're offering brides that is more than just a pretty dress? Um, so yes, that's kind of what, and again, through the accessories, I work with British brands, all my veils are made by lovely ladies who are just super talented. Um, and have again, like me started their own businesses. Um, so they're all made here in the UK accessories that are kind of made here and designed here. So yeah, I've kind of tried to weave it into all aspects of, of what I've created, I suppose. So you know when you said you were at you were at work and you used to think, oh, if I just had a bridal boutique, everything would be okay. <laughs> yeah. So I talk to my clients about what what what's the magic they're going to get when they've achieved their dream. So when they're kind of in, you know working in their dream business, they you know they've created this dream life. What what is that magic? So what do you get from it? Do you see what I mean? What, yeah. What's the, yeah. What's the the drive? What's the magic for you? Yeah. And I think about this a lot because I've been, you know, I've been asked that question quite a few times and there's lots of things around work-life balance, working for myself, you know, all that sort of stuff. Um, oh, I've lost my train of thought now. What was I going to say? Um, the big thing for me though, as somebody who has, does have an imposter that challenges me regularly was about wanting to do more And I had a really good career. I had done really well at work and been really successful. Um, And I worked for an amazing organization. And it's an organization that's really hard to ever leave because it's it's a really great employer. And I had a a great career and it took, took a lot of effort and commitment to get to where I got to. But I just think I felt restless that I hadn't experienced much in the workplace outside of that organization. Yeah. And because I started there when I was quite young, kind of through my university days. So I guess it was just almost how much could I achieve? And, and some days I think, why did I do that to myself? Because it feels horrendous. And other days you have a day where you go, you know, I wrote, um, I was asked to do an article for a bridal magazine and they, they, they wrote it all up and stuff. And I read it and I, I forwarded it onto my family and was like, oh, you should check this article out. This person's like created a really great business and really knows what she's doing. Cause you were like, oh, actually, like when you see it in black and white, I've done all right. But you know, you have those days where you're thinking, my goodness, why did I want to challenge myself in this way? Cause it just feels too difficult. Um, so, so yeah, I think that, you know, work life balance is obviously a big thing once you've had kids and stuff like that, but it was just this kind of restlessness, I think to go, can I achieve more? Can I do something different? Can I meet new people? Will that open up new experiences? You know, it's a bridal boutique today, but it could be something different that I would never have found in five or yeah. 10 years time if I'd carried on doing what I was doing. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody, one of my friends said to me when I was mulling over going out on my own, she said, when you work for somebody else, there's always a limit. Yeah. The limit to what you can earn. There's a limit to what you can do because of, by the nature of having a boss and, you know, corporate guidelines and, you know, mm. 
you know, responsibility and stuff. And then when you work for yourself, there are no limits. Yeah. So you can just push harder, further, faster, whatever, but, but it's yours to, to push. Right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So you're in the really early stages, aren't you? I've actually, I know you've obviously been prepping it before, but in terms of launch, you're, you're still quite in, in, in the business is in its infancy. What would you say it's been like so far? Um, I would say it's been an absolute roller coaster. So it's just a constant kind of some really good highs. There's some really low lows when you kind of have those moments of have I made the right decision? Not not necessarily about the idea, but you know when you think when you're committing to collections and you're committing to financial commitments and um, stuff like that. And you, yeah, you kind of, sometimes it feels like you take one step forward, 10 steps back, but then you suddenly take five steps forward and that feels really good again. So it's definitely, um, it's definitely been a roller coaster, but I can see, I can visualize how this can be really good for me and how I can, develop the business so that's always really exciting um and so yeah it's just constantly kind of always reminding ourselves of the positives I, I saw something today where somebody said it takes one client to say something about your business that's not complimentary to forget the all the other clients that have loved your business so I think it is just that mentality of you know, some of the struggles you come up against you've, or, you know, you might, you might have not considered something because in, in business, you're the cleaner, the marketer, the financial person, the accountant, yeah. you know, you're all of those things. And naturally you're going to be on this massive learning curve. Um, and it's really easy to sort of beat yourself up if you think, oh, if only I'd have done that differently. But again, it's kind of that reminder of, okay, that bit wasn't quite right but look at all the other stuff I've done. So yeah, yeah, I think it's definitely just keep it. And like I say, because I'm doing it on my own, it's just keeping that kind of morale inside to go, you're on the right track, you're on the right track, like keep going. Um, Yeah. So yeah, it's been been amazing, um, but it's definitely been kind of an up and down kind of journey. It's such a cliche, but if it was easy, everybody would be doing it. Yeah. And I think it's it's so easy to say when you're in it, you know, as, as one kind of entrepreneur, business owner, whatever, whatever you want to call me or I call myself, it's one to another, right? I've been there. I'm slightly, I'm further down the line than you, but I've been, and I know I don't have a bricks and mortar business, but I've been there and I know it is really challenging. How do you keep your spirits up then if you're having a day where you're thinking, oh God, like what have I done? Or, you know, this feels hard or... Yeah. When you're beating yourself up, how do you how do you keep your spirits lifted? I think it comes back to what you said about when it's your business, it you can drive it as hard as you choose to drive it. And so when I'm having those tougher times, big part of me just wants to retreat and think, I don't want to look at it today. I don't want to do my social media because it feels really exposing to just put anything on social media right now because I feel like I'm not doing good enough. But actually it's those times where I force myself to keep doing it, to stay visible, to write the positive things on social media because that's the truth. Like those positive things are real. I don't ever fib or anything, you know, those, but it's it's yeah. forcing myself to go, there is a positive post you can put out today because there's so many good things about your business. Um, 
relying on family and friends again like don't get me wrong like they definitely kind of keep me going at times um with reassuring me and uh reminding me all the all, all the things that are great about what I've done so far and what I can still do um the big thing for me is taking it really personally so I'll take something as my mistake or, or decision actually it's learning and rational like I know it's just learning and you know, trying to believe that like failure isn't actually a bad thing. Let's learn from it. Let's move forward from it. So just kind of reinforcing all the time, like that mentality. And I think, again, coming from that kind of more corporate environment, it's quite hard to fail in those environments because it feels really scary if you were to fail because you think, oh, you know, there's all these structures in place. that. So I think repercussions for it. Changing. And, and, you know, unfortunately, I, I was never in that position, but I think that's a bit of a mindset change for me that, you know, actually failure means growth and, and actually there's haven't failed at anything right now. Um, even if I could have done things better, but it is just about learning to use that as a growing experience. And yeah, like sometimes I've had to kind of say, actually, I still wouldn't have done it any differently because I only, I did the best I could do based on yeah. what I knew. Like, and that's been another big thing as well to kind of, you know, people always say to me, be kind to yourself. So just trying to have that mantra of, you know, if this was my friend coming to me with this, I wouldn't bash them and beat them up. Yeah, you wouldn't say, oh my God, and, why did you do that? You're so stupid. Yeah. This is what we say to ourselves, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, um, you just made me think about, you know, in corporate, there's all those kind of acronyms and stuff. And this means this and there's no I in team and all that. I've just remembered when you were saying that, that fail stands for first attempt in learning. Yeah. So it's your, you know, and it's such a, it's such a crappy corporate cliche, but it's true. Yeah. We don't fail, we learn. And it's, it's through the failure or through the learning that we work out where we actually want to get to. I was actually, I was having coffee with a friend this morning and I was saying that where I am now in my business is not where I thought I would be, but I don't mean that in a negative way. I mean, I didn't imagine that this is where my business would lead me, but I'm really happy that it, it has led me there. Does that make sense? But yeah. I've gone through all of those ups and downs and the roller coaster like you to get there. Yeah. And that's yeah. okay. Yeah. So when you when you work for somebody else, it's really defined, isn't it, where they want to get to? And it's like yeah. you can't you can't deviate from that. That's what you need to be doing for like a big organization like you know John Lewis or something. But actually you can you can decide to change it because it's within your power. Yeah. Yeah. So obviously I know you know brides plan really far out not me I got I got married with about two weeks notice after uh, (laughs) when I got married in COVID I had been planning it before but really quite last minute so what's um what's 2023 looking like for you do you you know do you look because of the, the lead times for dresses and stuff how's that looking as a year for you are you excited about it yeah really excited about it I think um 2023 price from what I've kind of picked up in the market have been a little bit kind of slow out of the blocks and I don't know if they're almost kind of thinking let's just let all the COVID backlog work itself out because that's been a bit of a crazy year wedding wise um especially for suppliers like photographers cake makers florists venues because that's just squeezing in they're still having you know this year has still been about fitting in some of those 
weddings that couldn't happen. So now feels like a really good time where 2023 brides, summer's kind of out the way. They are starting to go, oh, I'm getting married next year. Let's make some decisions. So that's really exciting. So yeah, the next few months um, should be really good um, for me from a business point of view, meeting new brides. Um, And then after Christmas, again, you kind of get the new engagements that happen over kind of Christmas and New Year. Um, some of the real last minute 23 brides, I'm sure will kind of come out of the woodwork in sort of Jan, Feb and, you know, I'll do my best to help them out where I can. And again, the beauty of kind of working with designers that are making here in the UK, you don't have kind of that kind of extra travel time for pieces to kind of be um, shipped. Uh, That shipping time is reduced. Um, and the relationship I've built with them, you know, we'll always work together to try and pull something out the bag for a bride. Um, so yeah, it's looking good. And then in terms of 2023, the 2024 brides will start to kind of come out as well. So yeah, so I would say the next few months are definitely for 23 brides who kind of have, it's really dawned on them that that wedding day is approaching. And then as, as we get into 23 itself, um, hopefully there'll be kind of 24 brides who are starting to want to think about what they want to wear on their wedding day. Um, so yeah, lots to look forward to. I'm thinking about other ways in which I can diversify. So whether that's with different collections or potentially looking at bridesmaid collection, um, because I don't currently offer that. Um, but I've also got an amazing space here. So there's loads of scope to potentially work with a makeup artist or a hairstylist who wants to come and use the space to do trials with their brides and whether we can incorporate something into a a much bigger experience for brides so yeah I've got lots of ideas um the important thing is that I don't sit and procrastinate on them and I start to kind of put them in yeah yeah um so that's what I'm sort of challenging myself with um at the moment is actually make it happen and again that fear of what will people think like don't worry about it just do it if it's right right for the business so what will people think I don't know. They'll probably think, oh, look what she's up to. That looks I good. I think that's so exciting and creative yeah. and different. And that's exactly what I've been looking for. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, it's just that constant game of sort of putting yourself out there. Um, but it's what we have to do. Absolutely. So is there something that, is there anything that you wish you'd known before you'd embarked on this journey or, or you know, I guess it's really difficult. I mean, cost of living crisis, heads up on that would have been nice. Although obviously coming out of COVID, it would be unrealistic to think that the world wasn't going to be challenging. Um, But yeah, I mean, yeah, I think I've I've learned so much along the way, but but not necessarily things I didn't expect to learn. Mm. Um, I guess I always told myself it was going to be tough, but when you're living the reality of it feeling tough, that that feels really, really tough. Um, So it is that kind of that preparation that I did with myself kind of in terms of my mindset and mentally in terms of there are going to be times where it feels really tough. Cause like you say, if it, if it wasn't, we could all just do it and it'd be super easy. Um, So yeah, that, I guess that's the biggest thing, like the reality of doing it, you know, is really real. Um, but equally you have to hold on to the positives that there's all these good things that can can come of it um so yeah I can't think of anything that jumps out immediately um in terms of things I wished I'd known but um 
Yeah, certainly learning new stuff all the time. I think this has been the steepest learning curve of my life, aside mm. from motherhood. Yeah. That was pretty steep. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but like you say, you have to be all things to all people. Like earlier, I broke my website and I've been trying to work out how to fix it again oh. after I managed to delete something which I needed. Um, but interestingly, you know, a couple of years ago when I was first starting out, I would have been in free fall panic about that. And then I just thought, do you know what? You know, I'm the IT department. I'll have to work out to fix it. I can do it. It's fine. Yeah. You know, I do look forward to the days when somebody else can do it for me. But right now, I can fix it. Yeah. That's it. And it's interesting what you were saying about, um, you know, starting the business as we're coming out of a global pandemic. Like I started my business in the pandemic. And it's yeah. one of those things like we'll never know any different from when we started it. <laughs> so if it was kind of hard at the beginning, well, we're never going to start the business again. Does that make sense? So, you know, you're in, you jumped in, you've got to keep swimming. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, yeah. It's been so nice to talk to you, Vicky. I oh, think, thank you. I think I just love the concept of what you're doing. I think that having a kind of, um, being able to go and have an experience off the beaten track, so away from like High Street and away from the kind of, what's what's the word, the like, um, uh, more traditional perhaps more average shop yeah and coming yeah. to you just fantastic so um if my listeners were thinking that they'd like to come and see you like where would they find you like on social media website so, yeah so I'm on Instagram and Facebook predominantly uh Pinterest is also something that I'm trying to do more on um my website loveandloved.co.uk has loads of info you can I've just launched um, a better booking tool so initially it was kind of a bit of a contact form so it's quite manual so I'm trying to again help make brides experience easier I've got a good booking tool on there now but equally it's also nice to talk to people so people yeah. can call me email me and I do always um, try to schedule a call with brides before their appointment because it just feels nice when we meet each other, that it feels like we sort of know each other a bit, which is always really nice. Um, so yeah, Instagram, Facebook, Pinterest, um, my website, I'm getting out to a few wedding fairs, um, Evershot Hall, kind of October, I'm doing uh, the MK big one in the city centre, uh, middle of October. And I'm also doing a uh, kind of an ethical wedding show in London at the end of October, which I'm really excited about as well. So um, yeah, lots of places you can find me. And uh, always, always love to meet new people and new brides. Well, I'll pop all the um, all your links into the show notes. Um, so thank just you. an easy click for my listeners. But thank you so much. And I wish Thanks you every success as uh, Love Unloved continues to grow. Thank you very much. You have been listening to the Your Dream or Mind podcast with Laura Cruz. If you enjoyed it, could you do me a favour? Please leave a review and subscribe. This helps other listeners to find the podcast much more easily. If you're ready to create the confident mindset you'll need to start your transition into your own dream life, then come on over to the Dream Life Academy, a mindset coaching program and community all in one. It's absolutely the best place to be amongst other brilliant women who are creating and living their own dream lives and businesses. See you next time, my fellow dreamer.